0: Now, back to the Knock on Sports and Anthony Knockrider. All right, welcome back here to Knock on Sports. Again, all guests join us on the Whitefish Credit Union hotline. Are you looking to start saving money? Well, get rid of your high-interest credit card today and apply at whitefishcu.com for a low-rate credit card from Whitefish Credit Union. Or you can give them a call at 862 to five Again, joining us right now on the Whitefish Credit Union Hotline, it is my good friend Colter Nuanez, host of 2 Tell Nuanez on ESPN Missoula as well as SkylineSportsMT.com. Coulter, great to chat with you once again, man. Hope you're doing well.
1: Hey, appreciate you having me, man. Thanks so much.
0: Colts, always fun to have you on, especially when we're talking recruiting, talking high school football or college football, for that matter. Uh, Obviously, today, National Signing Day. Let's just start here. Uh, Who do you think, obviously, we know COVID affected a lot of people negatively. That's pretty much been uh, the biggest story all of 2020 here. Uh, But in terms of the recruiting aspect, who do you think this has hurt the most, players trying to be recruited or the colleges themselves?
1: Wow, that's such an interesting question when you look at it through a Montana perspective because I think that there's two exclusive events that happened here. I think that this class in the state of Montana of high school seniors is one of the better classes I've seen in the last 10 or 15 years, and that has nothing to do with COVID. But because of COVID, the schools in state also had to almost exclusively concentrate on the kids in state. And so uh, I thought Jeff Choate, made a great point on my show earlier today he said Montana State head coach said sometimes you, you you can't see the trees in the middle of the forest and he said that the thing that our staff did was we identified all the top guys in Montana and then we also scoured the country for players that we thought were at a position of need but every time we would identify a guy from Arizona or Florida or Utah or Washington or wherever it might be we said okay What position does this this guy play? How does he stack up to the Montana guy we have at this position? And like Joe said, when you're forced to look at the Montana guys because you know they're going to be a lot more surefire bets just in terms of their recruiting and the resources you're going to spend on them, you know, with no official visits right now, it's really hard to get kids to commit from out of state because you know those guys from the region that know what Missoula and Bozeman are like But there's a lot of guys, and one of my favorite questions for out-of-state recruits is, what did you think Montana was going to be like before you came here? And a lot of times guys think that Montana is just, you know, a bunch of cowboys riding horses, wearing our hats, going to the saloon, you know, not not necessarily these great college towns like Missoula and Bozeman are, and so... um, they, they knew they were going to have to concentrate on Montana anyways. It'll be, it was going to be an easier sell. But then because of that, they put a high priority in to get in the Montana kids. So I think that the Montana kids, ironically, honestly benefited from the entire situation. One of the only states in the Northwest that got to play high school football, so these guys had film. One of the only states, uh, because of the fact that they were talented, but also they couldn't go on official visits. I think there's some guys that stayed in-state that maybe could have gone out of state if it would have been a different year. And so I think that, honestly, I think the kids actually kind of ironically benefited from the state of affairs that we're in. Um, And I also think that, you know, sometimes I think that coaches make it too complicated. I do think that Bobby House and his tenant, that he wants kids that are, by and large he wants the majority of his roster to be from towns where the kids and their families can drive to, Washington Grizzly Stadium, and that's how he's always made up his roster. He loves recruiting Eastern Washington, Northern Idaho, and the state of Montana. That remains true, pandemic or not. Jeff Choate's honed in his recruiting model as well, as far as the guys that he knows fits his program, that he knows wants to be Bobcats. But even then, I think that sometimes uh, coaches get enamored with a lot of different things. I mean, I've, I've been coming kind of recruiting now in the Big Sky Conference for 14 years, and one of the things that I've really determined is that, Kids in California are going to get more exposure than anybody in the West. They're going to have more high-star ratings. They're going to have more nationally prominent programs and and games on TV. And the recruiters are there all the time. They're all going to seven-on-seven camps. They're all going to elite camps, Nike camps. They're all running official 40s, all this stuff. But by and large, I don't think that that actually means that those guys are that much better recruits. And when you talk about the program styles at Montana and Montana State, it's all about getting guys in the program they are going to develop and stay. And how, what do you need to do to develop? You need to stay. So getting a three- or four-star guy from California who gets disgruntled or, or is not satisfied with what he's, uh, what's happening in that program and he leaves, that doesn't matter. But if you get a kid that's a six-man or eight-man football player and he's totally cool with being a Grizz or a Cat and he grinds it out, all of a sudden he might be a starter or a contributor by the time he's a fourth-year junior. So I think both programs have figured out, that element of it at a maximized level. And I actually think that these two recruiting classes, they're exceptionally good, period. Not just because of the circumstances at large, but period. And I think it's because the coaches had to be more disciplined about the way they went about assembling them.
0: Right now we are with Coulter Nuwanez, host of Two-Town on ESPN Missoula, as well as owner and operator of SkylineSportsMT.com. We're talking about National Signing Day. Uh, Coulter, you and I talked a couple of months ago, back in October, and we were talking about the impact recruits that can move the needle, uh, you know, because everyone wants to find out, oh, okay, did the Bobcats win this year? Did the Grizz win the recruiting class, re- recruiting war this year for the state of Montana recruits here? One guy we talked to in particular was about Junior Bergen, and Junior Bergen made his decision today to commit to the Montana State Bobcats. Obviously, Dylan Rollins would have been another huge one, but we know he's going to BYU instead. What do you think about that decision uh, by Junior Bergen? How do you feel like that impacts the overall classes uh, for the Bobcats and then the Grizz not being able to get him?
1: Well, let's, I guess let's start at the top here. I thought that Choate nailed it on my show. He said, Junior Bergen has a flare. For the dramatic, and he wanted to be be the guy that made his announcement last, and the guy that was the surprise of the class. So that's pretty cool, um, atypical for this day and age, to be sure. Uh, I also think that uh, Junior Bergen. I think that I think first of all, I think he's a really good player. It's a really good get for the catch, to, no question. Um, but Jeff Coat also said on my show that that Bergen gave them uh, what, what you'd call a silent commit, a silent verbal a couple months ago, and Joe said he was really impressed with the character of the kid to stick with that because Bergen did have some other schools come to the table, as we saw across the board. I mean, that's the other thing about this, Anthony, is that because everybody's going through this recruiting struggle and because nobody can bring any kids to campus, I actually think that even though Montana was as good as it's been in 10 years in terms of the prospects coming out of the state, I think a lot of these kids were over-recruited. I, that's not to demean their talent whatsoever. But, like, Kenneth Iden came on my show today, too, and he said that Washington State and Oregon both came to the table late. Kellen Dietrich from Haver, who's going to the Grizzlies, and he talked about extensively that uh, he had multiple Pac-12s come to, the, to the, the table late and also a couple Mountain Wests as well. But he stuck with the Grizz. So uh, it's interesting to see Montana kids get that sort of recruitment. I don't think that schools would be coming into Montana looking for prospects if it wasn't this atypical year. Uh, but that's here over there. I thought that Junior Bergen, as Jeff Choate said, was the cherry on top for the Bobcats. When you look at uh, all the kids in-state, 25 total signed. Uh, but when you look at kind of breaking it down by tiers, let's call them blue chips, white chips, and red chips. Blue chips are surefire, full-ride guys that, that are maybe – Uh, potential FBS or certainly good Big Sky guys. White chips are kind of those partial scholarship guys that are going to be solid Big Sky players someday if they reach their potential and then Uh, You know, the red chips are are the guys that are kind of like the the partial to preferred walk-on guys. As far as the blue chips in the state, I thought there was nine of those kids this year. And I thought Montana State signed six of them today, including Junior Bergen. I thought Montana signed two of them today in Kellen Dietrich and Jace Kluswich, And then the ninth is Dylan Rollins. He's going to BYU. But the other guys that I thought Montana got that were really good gets um, for, for the Bobcats, Elijah Reynolds from Red Lodge. Jeff Choate compared him favorably to Will Disley, and Jeff Choate was the one that recruited Will Disley initially to commit to Boise State and then brought it with him uh, to the University of Washington. So pretty high praise for a guy that's catching touchdowns in the NFL. Um, I thought the other blue chip recruits included Kate Cutler uh, from the Flint Creek Co-op, Phillipsburg, uh, Drummond. Neil Daly certainly from Billings West is one of the – I think he has maybe the most upside of anybody in the state. Kenneth Iden, a three-star guy out of Bozeman. Uh, and Paul Brott from from Billings West – As well, and I think that the Cats were able to get six of those guys. So I thought, you know, in terms of that, I thought the Cats won in terms of the headliners. That said, Bobby Houck has never cared about headliners. Bobby Houck has always taken guys that are partial to no-money type guys, and he's turned a lot of them, quite frankly, into straight-up pros, into NFL players. I mean, Croy Bierman got a couple pennies before he came to Montana. He was a Buck Buchanan award winner, played in the NFL for ten years. Colt Anderson? Free 99, preferred walk-on. Went on to have a nine-year NFL career. Mark Mariani, walk-on. Chase Reynolds, walk-on. So, that said, I don't think you can judge Coach Hauk's classes ever because he's not really trying to really make those big splashes. He's trying to get guys that that want to be a part of the program, and then he's going to develop them. And what is his biggest strength? Developing players. And so, I think that while Montana State maybe won the day today, and I think that all those guys have greater foundations, baselines, and upward potential. I think that it remains to be seen because, you know, what position is Jace Kluswitz going to play? What position is Camden Sermon going to play? What position is Soren Seabird going to play? There's a lot of questions. And then how those guys develop at those positions? So I think that although Montana State maybe won the day on paper today, I think that Montana, they got guys that are really good fits for their program, particularly getting six Missoula guys to sign. and I think that's going to be big for the Grizz going forward.
0: Right now we're with Colter Nuanez, host of Two-Tail Nuanez on ESPN Missoula, as well as owner and operator of SkylineSportsMT.com. Always does great work when it comes to covering the Big Sky Conference, whether it's in season for basketball, football, or recruiting in this instance as we were breaking it down with him. Colter, something you talked about on Monday and something that really kind of intrigued me. Because, you know, obviously, and as I've learned in my my short time being here, uh, and you've covered more than I have, uh, there's obviously kids that, you know, all right, hey, family played for Montana State, family went to Montana State, family played for Montana or went to Montana. So they have that lineage uh, that kind of makes it easier. Something that you were bringing up is which kids did the schools really have to battle over that maybe didn't have that and maybe just don't have that, uh, you know, just to say automatically, okay, yeah, I'm going to be a Bobcat or I'm going to be a Grizz or I'm just open to the process. Which kids do you think that both schools had to really battle over?
1: Well, I know that Kellen Dietrich got a lot of interest from Montana State, as did Jace Kluswicz. Both those schools offered those guys. Um, And I I know that Kluswicz, I mean, before the COVID thing all hit, he actually went on a visit to Junior Day at Montana State, and I know they rolled out the red carpet for him. And Jeff Choate said, you know, usually coaches don't talk about the guys they didn't get. Mm -hmm. On my show today, Choate said straight up, I love Jace Kluswicz. We really wanted Jace Kluswicz. I'm really happy for Jace Kluswicz. He's going to get to go play for the Grizz where his dad played. But he said we wanted him, and they beat him. They beat us for him. I thought that was interesting that he was able to admit that. Uh, but Jeff Jones also he, he was saying some stuff without really saying it, and that uh, he said, "Hey, I don't ever expect a commitment from a guy I don't offer." And so I think that was implying that uh, he didn't offer a lot of guys Montana signed. And he also made the comment that he thought Montana was an exceptionally good recruiting class this year in state. But he also said, I, "There's no way that you're going to convince me. There's 25 guys." that are worthy of being signed to the Division One program. Comes with a caveat, because because of the zero year and all these other different things, we don't know who's going to get what. We I mean, there's guys right now that maybe are preferred walk-ons right now that by next fall, because of attrition and all these other factors, they might be on scholarship. So who knows? But I thought that some of the main battles, you know, I thought the Grizz won on Dietrich, they won on Kluswitz. Those are both two good gifts. I know that the, uh, the Grizz were in the mix a little bit with Elijah Reynolds, but that recruiting process was so quick. He committed in December of... 2019 so that was pretty much signed still delivered uh mike cutler at flint creek he talked to me about how he's had a relationship with bobby out for a long time and the phillipsburg drummond area has sent a lot of guys to the grizz but mike cutler was so impressed with and that sent uh cutler the montana state way so that was a good win for the cats neil daly i know the grizz were in the mix with him because he actually did grow up in missoula went to sentinel for a couple years but uh cats ended up winning out on him because of family connections and just because of fit with the program. And I know that the Grizz went hard at Kenneth Iden as well. So that was a good win for, uh, for Montana State to, to get Kenneth Iden, the former Class AA uh, defensive player of the year. So um, I think that on the, the, the Sentinel side, the, the Cats didn't really recruit many of those Sentinel kids besides Clue Switch. Soren Searude, um Geno Leonard, Colter uh, – excuse me, not Colter Carroll, but T.J. Roush, Camden Sermon, those four guys – uh, I don't think they got much interest from Montana State at all. So there was some some kind of shoe-ins. But I do think the other one that's kind of interesting, I think he's going to be kind of a preferred walk-on at first. But Zach Evans from Helena High, if you know the kind of family history of the Cats, uh, excuse me, of Jeff Choate, he played in Montana Western. But one of his best friends is Scott Evans, the head coach at Helena High. Scott Evans was at Jeff Choate's press conference when Jeff Choate was first hired. And so uh, I thought it was interesting that Scott Evans' kid, is going to go play at Montana. Now, did Montana State really recruit him? I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure how heavy they were in the mix on him, but that is still a good get, particularly because I think Marcus Evans, the younger Evans boy, I think he's going to be one of the best players in that class next year. And I also think Caden Hewitt, the quarterback, is going to be a big player in that class too. So maybe Montana's taking Scott Evans, or excuse me, taking uh, Zach Evans to to get a little momentum and recruiting those other Helena guys as well.
0: Right now we are with Colter Nuanez, again host of 2 Tell Nuanez on ESPN Missoula. You can check out his show 4 to 6 p.m. Also check out his great work on SkylineSportsMT.com. Colter, really appreciate the time. It is always a blast to break uh, recruiting down with you as well and talk high school football and college football with you here. Uh, looking forward to doing so again. Hope you have a great rest of your night, my man.
1: I appreciate it. I think talk to you soon.